Welcome to the MWC Church Podcast. This is Stephen Luna, the lead pastor. I just want to take a second to say thank you for listening, and I hope you find that this inspires you in your relationship with Christ. Now here's this week's sermon. Are you ready this morning? You got to give me something more than that. You guys don't see. I mean, after watching that, how can you not be ready for something? So we are in week three of our series on growth track. As Jacob says, it starts next week, and today we are going to investigate discovering purpose. And I'm going to jump right in with our lifeline this morning. Our lifeline is that key statement, the phrase that I believe God is drawing us to today. And so our lifeline today is that discovering purpose isn't mission impossible. Discovering purpose is not mission impossible. I think everybody wants to know what their purpose is. Have you found yourself ever wondering that in your life? What is my purpose? And for a believer in Jesus Christ, we are wondering, God, what is the purpose you have for me? And sometimes people go through life and they're trying to discover what is my purpose, find out what is the purpose of my life. God, please just show me what my purpose is. And I think we take the approach that it's mission impossible, that we've got to scale, free climb a mountain, get to the top, have a helicopter fly by, shoot a capsule that's got our message in it. In this movie, Tom Cruise goes on to see in the sunglasses that he receives his mission or his next purpose of his life. And sometimes I think we view discovering the purpose of our life in that way, that it's this impossible mission. But today we're going to discover that it's not mission impossible. One, uh, several years ago, earlier on in my life, I realized that I always have a purpose when I go to church. I realized that God has given me a spiritual gift that he always wants me to display when I go to a church service during worship. And I realized that it is the spiritual gift of clapping is what he's giving me. And so I know whenever I go to a service, I am supposed to clap. So if you've ever wondered and tried to figure out what is this phenomenon that began October 1st, 2018 during worship service, and I hear this loud boom during service, and you've wondered, maybe it's the sound, maybe something else is going on. It is just me clapping and praising the Lord. So I don't know why he gave me that gift, but the thunderclap is my thing. True story, we were at a church several years ago volunteering in ministry, and word got around and and it was heard that uh, I had the spiritual gift of clapping. It's not really a spiritual gift, but in jest I call it that. So I I clapped, so no joke, uh, the, the pastor's wife who helped with the worship team asked me if I would be a part of the worship team to clap and to help keep everybody on beat. And so they put me on the worship team. They gave me a microphone that they kept off so that I could sing because they thought it would be awkward if I was just up there clapping. And so they put a microphone in front of me and I would, I would clap and get everybody going for worship with the thunderclap. And they loved it. So I served my purpose there. But discovering our purpose isn't mission impossible. And of course, we need to go to the source of purpose The source of discovering purpose, and that, of course, is the Lord and His Word, the Bible. And so what I'd like us to do is walk through what I believe the Lord has shown me. To be helping us in discovering our purpose, we need to prepare for purpose. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, and if you have your Bible, hard copy or digital, you can turn there, and it will also be on the screen as well to follow along. I believe that there's an aspect of preparing for our purpose, 
before discovering our purpose. And what I really want us to get to the bottom of today is the reality that purpose is not just one thing, that purpose is not just one role that we can define or we can describe in our life to say, this is what I do, this is the purpose that God has for me, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more than a tangible role that we can describe. And to begin, we need to understand that there is a preparation for the purposes that God has for us. And so we are going to go through Romans chapter 12, and I'd like to pull out 12 or six aspects out of Romans 12 that I believe will help us every day living in preparation for the purposes that God has for us. So are you ready? All right. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, we're going to start with. So here's what I want you to do. This is out of the message translation. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So first, to prepare for a purpose, we have to understand that there is a level of submission to the Lord. We simply need to submit our lives before the Lord. Paul says that we are to offer ourselves to him, our everyday, ordinary, regular, day in and day out life. We say, Lord, I want to bring that before you. I offer that to you. I submit my life to you for your call and your purpose for me. So we got to submit. Verse 3 through 5 I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. We need to be united. We need to have an aspect of unity that is in the church. We need to discover purpose on purpose. Now, verse 4, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. So not only are we to discover purpose on purpose, but it's with people. Paul describes that we are the body of Christ. Each of us has a part, has a role that we do play in the church, but that we are to be united together. So in order to discover our purpose and discover the purposes God has for us, we have to submit to him and we have to be united together as the body of Christ 
his church. Verses six through eight. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Verses 9 through 10. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. See, we are to serve others. And as Pastor Kenny preached last week, he used the word agape. That's a Greek word for love. It's a sincere, deep, heartfelt, deep-rooted love. We are to agape others. Agape people love them and to serve people. And I love how the message puts it that we are to practice playing second fiddle. I, w- I was in band when I was growing up. I played the alto saxophone. And there was always this pressure to get first chair. If you've ever been in band or are familiar with this, there's tryouts and and the better you play, the farther up in the row of your instrument section you get. And your goal is to be essentially the best player and be first chair, the first seated chair. I never got to first chair, but I often found myself in second chair playing second fiddle. And I'm glad for that because it helped me realize the understanding to love and to serve to have an agape love and to know that it's not about me, that I can not have pride, that I can serve others and love others, which then points to the next section in chapter, uh, verse 11. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Be alert and servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. I believe the Lord was speaking and saying that we have to prepare for endurance, that we have to have a level of endurance through hardships and the regular day in and day out aspects of our life in preparation of the purposes that God has for us. We have to be able to go through things, hard things, difficult things, trusting and relying on him as we are preparing to discover the purposes that God has in our life. And then verse 13 through the close of the chapter Bless your enemies, no cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other, don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't be the great somebody. It reminded me of when I first came to MWC a few weeks after I was here. A couple students came up to me and they said, you are the goat. And I thought, I've been called a lot of things in my life, but goat was never one of them. And I didn't know what that was. And I found out that it, was the, it meant the greatest of all time. And so the scripture says that we are to don't be the great somebody. There's no goats or boats in this place. No great of all time, no best of all time. None of us are that. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. 
And I realized that this is an aspect of uh, support, that we support the people that God created, that we are a supporting role for humanity, God's creation, that we are unproud on purpose, that we love and serve and we support God's creation, humanity. And so as I'm going through Romans 12, I'm realizing that this chapter is preparing me for the purpose that God has. He's giving me some practical application of how to live. And in doing so, I prepare myself to, for purpose because I believe if, if we do not prepare, then God is not going to entrust us with the purposes that he has for us. If we just simply do our own thing and ask God and say, well, God, what do you want me to do without preparation we're not fully going to be entering into the purposes that God has for our life. And I've seen this played out in my life because I knew, I knew at a very young age that I felt called to be a pastor, that that was what I was to give my life to sometime in my life. And I knew that from about seven, eight years old, I knew that, that God had that call for me. But but in, at this point in my life, I see that through that, there was a preparation of purpose. It was God preparing me for those things. And I believe that we need to be prepared in these ways, that we need to submit our life to God, that we need to be united with the body of Christ globally, the whole church, and locally at MWC and our church. We need to have a servant's heart for the church and for people. We need to love others. We need to endure through the hard times that we have so that we can endure while we're filling out the purpose of God and that we need to be a supporting role in the partnership that the Lord has us on for his people in humanity, his creation. So we prepare for purpose. So as we prepare for purpose, then we begin to position ourselves to discover purpose. We prepare and then we position. And through this, I believe that we will realize that if we've ever found ourselves really questioning, what is my life about? What should I do? I don't feel like I have direction. I don't feel like I know what my life is about. And we feel that maybe discovering purpose is mission impossible. That as we prepare, it's not mission impossible. As we prepare, we allow the Lord to lead us and guide us. And we know that we are doing what God has called us to do to prepare. So then we position. And here's where I want us to understand that although we do play and have specific roles and tangible descriptions of a purpose in our life in certain seasons, I also think that those roles change, that the purpose that God has for us, specific purposes, they do change in different scenarios and seasons of our life. But that is not the ultimate goal. And I believe as we prepare and position ourselves for the purpose that God has, we understand and realize and what I want to bring to you today is that I believe that there is a primary purpose, a primary purpose that will unlock the potential purpose that God has for you in those seasons of your life that are specific and descriptive. And how do we find our primary purpose? Well, I believe, and I want to share with you today, that that primary purpose is to center Jesus that we center Jesus, that he is the center of our life. But I'm afraid what happens is, is we have this idea in the world, an idea, I think, in American culture that oftentimes we put our purpose in the same category as the, the ladder of success. Because what do we find oftentimes in our culture is that you have arrived when you 
move up the ladder of success, when you get a better job, when you finish school, when you do better in, in school with your grades, when you have a family, when you move to a better area, this ladder of success. And I'm afraid that sometimes we put that with our purpose, that we feel like, man, there's one purpose, there's one role that I'm supposed to do, and I'm not exactly sure, but I know that I will eventually get to that, and I will reach that ultimate role, that ultimate purpose. And so maybe as a kid or a student, we feel like doing well in school, and if you're going to church with your family, you go to youth group, and you get involved, and you try to serve, and I'm doing well, I'm honoring my parents, that's my purpose now. And then we might get into college and we go to school and we maybe choose a pathway for there and we do well and we get a career and we decide, man, I, this is my purpose is to do well in my job. And then eventually we have a family and we get the career that we actually thought we wanted. And so we serve there and we also lead a community group and we attend church regularly and we tell our coworkers and our neighbors about Jesus. And we get this sense and this feeling that, ah, I've, I've reached the top. I've, I've finally figured out. I've, I've discovered my purpose. This must be what God has for me. And then we can rest easy there and feel comfortable and confident. Well, this is, this is the one thing. This is the one purpose God has for me. I finally figured it out. And then I'm going to just stay there. But I believe that it's different. I believe the primary purpose is not to try to reach that one role, that one aspect of our life, that one thing that we do that defines our purpose, but it's that Jesus is at the center, that it becomes not a ladder, but it's a throne that Jesus sits on, and he sits on the center of our life. And he is the center of everything that we do, everywhere we go, everything we say. Jesus is at the center. It's not how we go up, it's what seat we place Jesus at. I knew I was called to be a pastor at a young age, and I prepared for that. And right now in this season of my life, that is what God has called me to, for sure. That is my purpose. But I will tell you that my son discovered his purpose. He's seven years old, and there was a time last year that he discovered that his purpose was to make sure everywhere we go, he told everybody out loud, audibly, to whoever would hear that his dad is a pastor. And so we would go to Costco and people would be walking by, my dad's a pastor, my dad's a pastor. And he felt for some reason that that was his purpose, that that was his role to exclaim that his dad was a pastor. And I was proud of him for that. Uh, it could be embarrassing at times, but, but I knew and I, had, and I prepared and I positioned myself for the call that God had, but I knew that my primary purpose always had to be to keep Jesus at the center. That was the primary purpose of my life. No other role, no other expectation, no other uh, thing that I could be a part of would fulfill or, or would feel like the purpose of God if Jesus was not at the center of my life. And so what I want to do is you see these chairs are positioned in the center facing what represents the throne of Jesus and the center of our life. And so it's different aspects that I want to walk us through that are always seated and positioned and centered on Jesus. And it's an acronym for center because I think acronyms help us to remember what the Lord is bringing to us. And so the acronym is taking each letter of the word center and bringing something out. And what I believe at the very root of us being able to position ourselves to make sure our primary purpose is to have Jesus at the center, it comes, all of it comes to how Jesus created us and what God is doing in us. So the first, the C in 
center is the creator core. That is what God has given you, the spiritual gifts or special abilities that he has given each one of us to share his love and serve others. These are the spiritual gifts, special abilities that he's given to you. We see them laid out in Romans. We also see them laid out in 1 Corinthians or the gift of wisdom, gift of healing, gift of discernment, gift of hospitality, gift of love. These special gifts that he has given each of us individually. And so what do we, we can choose to honor Jesus or not. We can choose to center our life on him and realize those things he's given us, we center him. The E in center is experiences. What has happened in your life that God can use? We all go through experiences, but we can choose to draw closer to God through those experiences or pull ourselves away through those experiences. Believe that as we prepared for the purposes God has for us, that he uses those experiences to develop character in us, to help us for different scenarios and seasons in our life where God presents different purposes for us. So our experiences and in centers, our natural desires, that's the passions deeply rooted in the heart, the things that you love to do, the ministries that you love to be a part of, the things that just really get you excited, really get you passionate, those natural desires. We take that and realize that God has put that in us. God has instilled in us that at birth in our life. And by doing so, We choose to center that on Jesus. We say that I'm going to take my passions, the things that I love that are deep-rooted in my heart, and I'm going to make sure I glorify God with it. I'm going to make sure that as I'm preparing for purpose, that I utilize what my greatest desires are, and I say, Jesus, I'm centering my life on you, so I center the passions in my heart on you. The T is our talents. These are the, the abilities that we're born with that God wants to use for his purposes. So these are, it sounds similar to our spiritual gifts, but these are just the natural, tangible, physical things that we are good at. I'm not good with tools. I, I can, if somebody gives me directions, step by step, I can do things. If I, if I have a video, YouTube video, I can work with things, but I'm just not good with tools. I'm good with my hands because I clap. That's my spiritual gift, remember. So I, I can clap, but I can't, I'm not good with, good with tools. I mean, even... Um, Growing up, uh, my brother and I went home one day, and I don't believe I've shared this story yet, and it was at Christmas time, and it, so, so what I'm getting at is this is heretical. I mean, not, not heretical. Hereditary, yeah. It's not heretical. It's hereditary. We don't, we don't want to have any heresy. It's hereditary. So my brother and I walk in, we're like in high school, and it's Christmas time, and we walk up our stairs in our house, and my dad is trying to hang up a Christmas wreath a nail, he's trying to hang, put a nail on the wall to hang the wreath with the back of a spoon. Bump, bump, bump. On, okay, we just don't, we don't use tools, but we clap. My brother's got the thunder clap too. We're the thunder brother clappers is what we got going on. So our talents, what are those things that you specifically are good at, that you are just naturally good at, that you say it's not about trying to reach this role, trying to get to the top of what I think this role is, but it's yet I keep Jesus centered in my life. And so I realize that he has given me, birthed me with some things that I'm just physically good at doing. And so I decide that I will keep my aim, my focus on Jesus at him at the center and that I'm gonna use that for him. The second E is our expertise. So we take our our spiritual gifts, we take the things that are passionate deep in our heart, and we take those talents that we're just physically good at from birth, and we say, I'm going to, over time, I've gotten really good at this. 
My expertise in my life is what's been developed over time that I can specifically use for the Lord. Because we can easily have this be the latter and be all about us. But if we take our expertise and we continue to say, Jesus, you're at the center, so I use that for you. And the R is the rhythm. Some of you got rhythm in the place. It's the rhythm and the way in which God wired us. That's our personality. The rhythm of our life, the personality that will help fulfill the unique purpose for God. How he's made you how he's created your character and your personality to be, that Jesus is always at the center, that he is always the center of our life. When Jesus is at the center of our life, our purpose, I believe, comes to the surface. So we prepare for purpose by submitting to him, by uniting with the body of Christ, by having a servant heart and loving others, by enduring through the times of our life that are not the greatest and by realizing our supportive role in our partnership with the Lord in all humanity, we prepare, we position ourselves, and then we center Jesus in our life and our purpose comes to the surface in the different seasons of our life. But what I want us to encourage us to do, especially the adults in the place today, is that we don't want to confuse our purpose with our occupation. See, I think that Jesus does have us and call us to specific roles in an occupation. But I want us to be careful that we don't let our occupation define our purpose. That we don't let what we've grown up and gone to school, and maybe we've taken some of our expertise and our talents, and we've gotten a career, but, but too easily, if we're not careful, that occupation can become our purpose. Well, this is what I do. This is my job. This is my career. I take care of my family. I take care of my kids. I, this, is, this is my purpose. I want to make sure that the occupation isn't the purpose. Not to say that Jesus doesn't use your position and your occupation for his glory, but it's just a caution that we make sure that Jesus is at the center and know that he moves us in seasons of our life to different purposes. And one illustration I'd like to share is with my cousin Bob, who I saw uh, last week as we were at the General Council of Assemblies of God. All the pastors and churches gather from the nation and around the world. And we gathered, and my cousin was there. And I, and I want to explain why my cousin was there. Uh, my cousin, who's in his 50s, he was a banker, did some brokering, and worked in the banking industry for several decades. He did very well for himself, always served the Lord. I believe that he was always practicing this, preparing for purpose, served in his local church, and he knew that his role and his purpose at that time and his career where he was supposed to be was at the bank. But then he began to realize, I believe, because of this preparation and positioning him before the Lord and centering Jesus always in his life, that God was beginning to transition him from a long career, several decades in the banking industry, to something different. And so the reason why he was at this general council of pastors is because recently he decided and, and realized that the Lord was repositioning him, repurposing his life. And he ended up totally giving up the career in banking. He went and uh, became credentialed pastor with the Assemblies of God this year. And him and his family are now running a nonprofit organization that helps people find jobs, get food and clothing, and helps them get back on their feet. 
And so this example in my life who always lived for Jesus, who always loved the Lord and who knew that in, in his position that he could use that for the purposes that God has, that his occupation was not his purpose, but it's where God was defining a role in his life and lifting him up and preparing him for the next thing. And my cousin Bob was centering Jesus in his life and preparing and positioning for that season where God transitioned him to do something new, do something different. The role and the purpose is not just one thing, but the primary purpose is Jesus at the center. Is he at the center of our lives? Discovering your purpose isn't mission impossible. Discovering our purpose doesn't have to be going through life year after year wondering, what am I supposed to do? I don't, I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel like this is what God has for me or feel like that it's got to be, that you got to be Tom Cruise free climbing the side of a mountain to get the message that tells you what your purpose is. It's not about that, but it's using the preparation that the Lord laid out in Romans chapter 12 to discover that purpose. And it's not mission impossible, it's God possible. It's what it is. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, Paul writes, he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. He created us to join him in the work that he does, and he does have specific, purposeful aspects of your life that he so deeply desires you to be because he created you for those purposes. But I believe today that he wants us to know that our primary purpose is keeping him at the center, that our primary purpose is taking who we are, what we are, how he created us, and making sure that all points to Jesus, that it all centers on Jesus. So let's take a moment this morning to respond. And let's simply close your eyes so that we can just give a moment of focus unto the Lord and that we're not distracted at all. Let us evaluate if we are centering Jesus in our life. Is he the focus of who we are, what we are, how he's created us to be? Maybe we've tried to discover purpose or maybe we, we felt like we were living in a purpose, but it's been a decade or two and we're not sure if that purpose is fresh anymore. Maybe it feels stale. And you're trying to figure out what that might mean, what that might mean for you in your life. And maybe it's realizing today that we've gotten away from that preparation for purpose. We've gotten away from making sure that we were submitting, united, serving, loving, enduring, and supporting. Maybe it's that it's our occupation or our, our college or our career or our path has become what we thought our purpose was, but it's not focusing on Jesus, centering on him. Let's refocus, realign, recommit to the Lord that I will completely keep you the center of my life, Jesus. That all that I do and all that I am will point to you. All my energy. Your word says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength and everything you do. Serve him. And today, if you do not know Jesus, and that means that if you have not asked Jesus to come into your life, you've not said, Jesus, I realize that my life has been about me and not about you. I've lived for myself and nobody else. 
Jesus, I realize that I've got sin in my life. That means I've disobeyed you, God, and made my own way, that I've missed the mark. But I need you in my life, Jesus. Your purpose right now is to ask Jesus into your life. That's what your purpose was for being here today. So if you would simply acknowledge physically, outwardly, the change that is occurring in your heart, I'm going to ask you just simply to raise your hand for a moment and then put it back down. If you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life, to be the Lord and the Savior of my life, would you at this moment just raise your hand in the air? So that informs me that we all have a relationship with Jesus or we're not ready yet and that's okay. And if you're not ready, just know that the Lord has a purpose for you. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you are a God who is uniquely involved in our lives, closely involved in our lives. So we ask that you would help us to make sure that you are the center of our life, that we are preparing for the purpose and know that you do have specific roles in the scenarios and the seasons of our life that are the purpose that you have, but those can change. And in preparing and positioning ourselves for your purpose, we will know through your word and through our relationship with you when you are moving us to new places. So church, let's respond for a moment. If you wouldn't mind standing, if you are able, and worship as we focus our center on Jesus. And that wraps up today's message. But we've got more on the way, so be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a future podcast. You belong here, so we encourage you to get connected. You can find us on social media or online at mwcwichita.com. That's mwcwichita.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.